Hello, my name is Enzo. And I'm Ethan. And this is Enzo's Theater of the World. Today, we're talking about the trolley problem. Now, Ethan, what can you tell us about the trolley problem? We're going to switch it up here since Ethan was the one who suggested yeah. the idea for this episode. Yeah. So the trolley problem is uh, a psychological thought experiment. Uh, asking you, you know, I, I'm sure you've all heard it. Trolley's coming down tracks. Now, there's five people um, tied down to the rail it's going to go on, but you can turn a lever and then change the rail, change the pathway so it's going to a track that will only hit one person. So, is it better to turn the, turn the lever and reduce the damage done, or is it better to remain a bystander? And is there something that happens when you become actually involved in the situation? Yeah, now there's a couple of uh, different ways to think about this because utilitarians who follow the school of thought uh, popularized by the philosopher Jeremy Bentham in the 1800s believe that uh, the bright thing to do is the thing that will maximize utility or, you know, overall happiness. And in this case, uh, they believe that it would be to sort of uh, switch to pull the lever so it w would go towards the track with one person because then, you know, overall happiness, aka the happiness of the five, is minimized, and overall unhappiness, aka the unhappiness of the person who will get run over, is uh, minimized. You know, I, I never really saw the original um, version as much of a tough one. I mean, like, you, you can argue, oh, but you're, you're, you're getting involved in killing someone, but there's so little effort involved in pulling a lever and so little harm done to you personally that, like, it feels like there's... Come on. No, no, yeah, that's that's uh, sort of the uh, passive version because you're not actively uh, killing the person. You're le you're letting them die. In the words of Philip Foot, the granddaughter of Grover Cleveland, yeah, the yeah. former president, who came a up granddaughter with this. of a former president came on and and invented this, which has really plagued humanity for all of existence. This is known as the principle of double effect, which a lot of Catholics use when talking about uh, what to do if you know you a pregnant woman has to. Get a medical treatment that will inadvertently cause that will cause her baby to die. They say that she should get the medical treatment, like so she can live, and that's okay. Under even though they Catholics don't believe in abortion because it wasn't for the sole purpose of killing the baby. It was for saving the woman. So, double effect. The principle states it's a it has its roots in Catholic theology in the medieval times, and it says that it's permissible to indirectly cause harm as a double effect, aka side effect if the action promotes an even greater good. However, it's not permissible to directly cause harm even in the pursuit of a greater good. So, so for instance... a Catholic would be okay with the original one pulling the lever, but they wouldn't be okay with that version where you have to push a very fat man off the bridge. Uh, off yes. the bridge. Yeah, now, I don't really agree with that because you're doing the same thing in effect. Right? Yeah. If you look at it, the train is a tool used to kill someone. So you're doing the same thing. Yeah, and that's uh, what another philosopher that's what another philosopher said, Judith Jarvis Thompson in 1985, and she pointed out that moral theories like utilitarianism that judge whether an action is right or not based on its consequences alone, aka whether the people die or not, cannot explain why some actions that cause killings are permissible while others are not. Because if everyone has equal rights, according to her, then we would be doing wrong in sacrificing one, even if our intention was to save five, because... Yeah, but also, you know, they deserve to live, too, so... Yeah. Uh, also, funny thing I know, uh, this actually goes, but I'm um, scrolling down on the article, 
bit more. You know, it, it it's actually been around for longer than uh, uh, what's her uh, what's her name? Charlie's. Um, uh, Mrs. Grover Cleveland Grandover. Yeah, yeah, foot. Uh, this this disaster of a uh, of a plague on uh, humanity has actually been going around since nineteen zero uh nineteen oh five. Uh, so in in the original one by uh, Frank Chapman Sharp, cool name. Uh, the the railway switch man, which is in. I have no idea what that is. No, it's like I the person like, who turns the switch yeah, on. Yeah, no, it's so weird to me that that's a job. I feel like, like, um... Well, they didn't have robots back then. There's so many jobs. Like, they'll just read something old, and then there's always some made-up job, like... And the, the bead tinkler who, who held up the beads during Christmas time for the tinsel lamps. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, like, there's a <laughs> job position in early modern England known as the beetle, which had, was some sort of law enforcement position, and every time I hear it, I'm just like, that's that's absurd. Yeah, they replaced it with a... Uh, but anyway, in the original one, like, the 1905 version, uh... So the lone individual, there's a twist. It's uh, the switchman's child. Ooh, a bit of a conundrum now. And uh, I think from here, it's, we're... We're actually going to be taking a look at some... Variants? Uh, not, not, no, not variants, because we're going to do that towards the end. What we're going to do is take a look at some critiques and some opinions on the trolley problem. So the first one is from the magazine in, called Current Affairs, and... It's by Brianna Rennix and Nathan G. J. Robinson, and I won't be reading the whole thing, but I'm going to be summarizing it. And it's called, The Trolley Problem Will Tell You Nothing Useful About Morality. It turns us into horrible people and discourages us from examining the structural factors that determine our choices. Okay, so... Avoiding the question, as usual. Well, no, but that's just the, the summary. So let's get into their argument. They start off with another variant of the trolley problem, which is a bit exaggerated for effect. You're on an asteroid careening through the cosmos. Aboard the asteroid with your 900 highly skilled scientists who have been working on developing a revolutionary medication that will cure every disease in the known universe. The asteroid's current trajectory is taking it straight toward the planet of orphans where all intergalactic civilizations have dumped their offspring who are, that they don't want, of which there are now 100 trillion. If you detonate the asteroid, all the doctors will die along with the hope of curing every disease in the universe. If you do not detonate the asteroid, the doctors will have time to develop the cure and send it hurtling towards the healing planet before you crash into and destroy the planet of orphans. Thus, you face the crucial question, how useful is this hypothetical for illuminating morality? Yeah, I, okay, I, I get it, but for me, that's why I've never seen it, and I, I think the internet doesn't see it anymore as something to judge morality on. It's just like a, a fun little joke you tell your friends, because let's face it, Psychologists are nerds, and they don't know anything about real life. As the two psychologists, as the two columnists go on to say, most people announce in the regular variation, the regular trolley problem, aka the five versus one, that they would pull the switch, thus extinguishing one life instead of five. But usually, someone in the class will dissent and say that pulling the switch is wrong because there is a difference between killing someone intentionally versus letting them die through circumstances out of your control. However, I'm going to. This is a side note. Is it really outside of your control? You didn't make the choice to pull the lever. And also, here, let, let me... I, I've only just assumed that, the, like, again, there's no harm to you, no effort required on your part. In every illustration I've seen, you're, like, right next to the lever. You're gonna, like, about to pull it. If that was, like, involved you running, like, a mile in a marathon to save people, okay, I might let them die. Because, let's face it, it's causing harm to me. Well, that's... It's not causing harm to you. You're... It's tiring. That's not harm. That's you exerting effort in your life. I got flat feet. That that has nothing to do with the situation. Like, the point is that it the pulling the lever. It's all up to your like. It's it's not an issue of like 
do you want to like stick your neck out for these people? Because it's not difficult. It requires no skill. If current affairs goes on to say, if all this sounds incredibly stupid with no obvious relationship to any moral problem that an ordinary human is likely to encounter, that's because it is. And yet it is, quote unquote, an iconic thought experiment. One that has, quote unquote, occupied the attention of brilliant minds from academic ethicists to moral psychologists to engineers. In psychology, literally hundreds of studies have tested people's responses to the trolley problem with the aim of usefully understanding human moral intuition. The persistence of the trolley problem in philosophy and psychology tells us a lot more about the state of those fields than it does about ourselves and our moral choices. Uh, they then go on to talk, so that's their argument. They then go on to talk about how if we had to face the trolley problem in real life, we probably wouldn't be as quick as we are quick to decide as we are in right now and we would probably panic and <laughs> do something horrible and watch as quote unquote one or more persons died a gruesome death like, before well, one our or eyes more. we would probably end up with ptsd and we would probably feel guilty for the rest of our lives yeah but that's that's after the fact in the moment i think you're just gonna make a rash decision and pull the lever because even if you're not thinking about it you're just going, ah, what do i do i gotta say and then pull the lever oh by thinking seriously about the trolley problem according to the authors in their words, we can see what's so limited as a moral thought experiment. It's not just as the additional conditions grow, there are not any obvious right answers. It's that every single answer is horrific and wild examples like this take us so far afield from ordinary moral choices that they're close to nonsensical. The trolley problem may not be much different, the authors say in their words, from playing Mary Fuck Kill or asking horrible questions like, if you had to kill your parents, which one would it be? If you had to bomb a factory or stab a man, I'm, I'm sorry, not stab a man, stab a nun, what would you do? What? Hold on, hold on. What if the nun was abusing kids? How is this that. a difficult question? I bomb a factory with workers in it, people who will die and were likely decent does it people say, does it say or a nun. It doesn't even say what? you have to stab the nun to death. You could just stab her in the How is this a difficult... I feel like it's stab, poorly worded. Right. You could stab her in the foot and it would... Is, is the factory, like, empty? Um, You know, I, I, I feel like that question was derived by a guy who was like, Super morally wholesome and thought that the church was all goody two shoes. Like, like if it stabbed Jesus, I'm like, okay, maybe okay, I. Okay, but anyway, the, the two people say the answer to the "what did we learn?" question will be the same regardless of which answer we choose. I learned that I ha have kind of a sick mind. That should be the major revelation that comes from realizing that we're willing to dispassionately discuss which person we would murder and how much value to place on individual human lives. To encourage someone to think about these questions is to encourage them to be a worse and more callous person. And what the trolley problem largely shows is that it's very easy to temporarily become a psychopath if your professor says doing so will be intellectually useful. In real life, of course, very few people face trolley problems. Thus, they come to the conclusion we all have. People who go into the social science field are nerds and are stupid. I am going into history, so... Okay, no, no, I mean sociology. Oh, uh, well, I, I mean... My okay, well, psychology. psychology. Oh, okay, we'll true. say psychology. Uh, psychologists have helped me. Okay, whatever this is. Philosophy. There we go, there we Philosophy go. Philosophy is a lot of useless junk made up by people who spend their whole lives just writing and thinking and eventually coming up with one grand idea that will be mocked forever by the internet. I think that they also have some good... Uh, critiques here because they claim it is also not only pointless but also damaging so they claim the first limitation is that it places us in a situation of forced decision making where all the future outcomes of your choices are completely certain and all of them are bad uh it also encourages people to be confident they can predict outcomes setting aside real life uncertainty you are in a situation where any choice you make will result result in person's deaths 
any decision-making pathways that would allow you to reduce the likelihood of people being hurt have been presumptively closed off. We are helpless victims of our conditions who face a binary choice with two horrendous outcomes. Our choice does not occur as human choices not actually do. That's part of a chain of decision-making. Yeah, yeah, actually, you know, that makes sense. Because, like, it always assumes that it rolls over and then that's the end of the problem. But, like, is it really better? Like, in the theoretical example, it's obviously better to pull the lever, but what if, you know, it was in the real world? Like, screens have schedules. If you pull, if you divert it, you might divert it onto like a track where another train is because they didn't expect you to be there and then you kill a bunch more people by causing a crash on the train like or someone wasn't expecting you to be there and then they kill like a bunch of road workers and like like in the real world it might actually just be better to stay put so then it they go on to say uh and this and, and i think this is a very important also critique that i agree with actually in the real world, decisions do not occur in this kind of vacuum, and it's just as important to pay attention to the factors that structure individual choices as the nature of those choices. The whole reason I am faced with an unpleasant set of choices is that I live in a highly unequal society. If, I, if we zero in on the to- question of what I should do once my choices have been set for me, we fail to ask whose actions caused me to have this particular options available to me, aka, how did I end up on this fucking trolley to begin with? If I am forced against my will into a situation where people will die and I have no ability to stop it, how is my choice me- a moral choice, quote unquote, between meaningfully different options as opposed to a horror show where I have no agency at all? So, the answer is that it's funny and pull the lever, dance monkey. Yeah, so they then, yeah, so they, yeah, they, yeah, so that's their critique. And uh, what have we learned, professors, are hacks. They also, there's also some other ones, uh, Roger Scruton, a deceased English philosopher who specialized in being a trad conservative, which, okay. We're not off to a good start, folks. No, but let's it's hear it. It's one thing let's to say out. conservative. When you, say, when you put trad into it, I'm let's, let's, I am immediately let's hear it out. He says, these dilemmas, quote-unquote, have the useful character of eliminating from the situation just about every morally relevant relationship and reducing the problem to one of arithmetic alone. He believes that just because one would choose to change the track so the train hits one person instead of five does not mean they are a consequentialist, which means that the consequences of one's conduct are the ultimate basis for whether or not it's right or not. Rather, yeah, no, he then goes on to other stuff, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, according to, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so that's how it works. Uh, now, trolley problem, the trolley dilemma has actually arisen in designing to control self-driving s- cars basically yeah because uh you know it, it could happen it, like if you need to if there's a potentially fatal collision you know wh- who should the car direct it towards and they've been developing like ai for this including mit media labs developed a platform called moral machine which has allowed their the public to express their opinions and what the self-driving vehicles should do and and my add that this is wildly i don't know stupid like here's the thing you can argue it's better to kill an adult, a baby, child, an orphan, an old lady in the abstract, but like, in real life, there's people who are related to them and who are affected or might depend on some people. You don't know anything about these people, right? So, in my opinion, uh, the choice is meaningless, and whatever the AI comes up with is only useful in the abstract, so. Yeah, okay, so. For me, my opinion, it should spin a wheel to decide who dies. You you you're there and 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 you're there on the road. Your head on collision. It says, you know what? We're gonna spin a wheel. If you die, 
too bad. Now on the now on the other hand, some people do actually defend the usefulness of the trolley problem. They're wrong. And um yeah, so well yeah, including the person who wrote it obviously. Yeah, but, well, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean she she obviously figured she's wrong um, by the way. Yeah. Uh in well, not usefulness about thinking about it, but usefulness in studying it. In 2001, there was a the first significant empirical scientific investigation of people's responses to trolley problems. And so this dude named Joshua Green, a philosophy graduate student, decided to use fMRI technology to uh, track people's brainwaves while they were thinking about this. And the answers people gave ultimately correlated with how emotionally engaged they felt with the dilemma. So... The, so personal dilemmas, like, you know, if the variant where you have to push a man off the bridge, the fat man off the bridge in order to stop the train, engage brain regions associated with, um, associated with emotion, like the amygdala, whereas impersonal dilemmas, like just flipping the switch and diverting the trolley to the one person, engage regions associated with controlled, cool reasoning, like the prefrontal cortex. There's like hundreds of, 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 of these now. And Green has concluded that trolleys, that strong mental imagery and visceral emotions make us more likely to make an intuitive decision, never kill a human being, as opposed to a more mathematical calculated decision. Five so like we, if one. we describe how the dude is going to die a horrible death, you're more likely to not pull the... Yeah, that's true. Because it makes you think, because the longer you describe it, I guess, the more you have time to be like, oh, I don't like that. It's similar, I guess, and someone, a Japanese philosopher actually did this. A Japanese philosopher pointed out that the atomic bomb was a lot like this because it was, in essence, you either kill the people of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, or in the view of the Allied of the U.S. generals, you would re you would kill how many American lives and Japanese people as well, trying to do a mainline invasion. And obviously, you know, you can debate the usefulness of all that you want. You know, people you can be like, oh, there were mitigating factors. And, so we can lose a bunch yep. of debate anyway, et cetera, et cetera. And much like uh, like uh, the two described the usefulness, uh, it's not um, set in stone exactly the decisions here. It's not. It's not. This will happen. This will happen again. Um, once again, proving that it's not very useful in real life because this never happens, like strictly to the book. There's always something. Yeah. Although. Although, yeah, a lot of psychologists have actually began to, begun to tire of it, and for obvious reasons, the UC, it is a cliche. the UC Irvine psychologist Christopher Bauman, in a paper last year, noted that many trolley problem scenarios cause studies participants to laugh because they don't think it can yeah, be taken course, seriously. It's like as cliched as, um, like, the Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is, um, yeah, that's the one I can think that's most like, like, no one cares about it anymore. I'll flip a look. At this point, it's really just developing your reflex to pull the lever. That oh, this is like that one funny meme I saw. I'm gonna pull the lever. Oh yeah, and I guess the the the, the place where it's actually uh, become useful is it not useful, but it's gained a sort of revival as in memes. And so let's just read this. Uh, let us just read this one. Uh, it, it's a it's 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 a it's a. Uh, I have my own. I, Wait, I no, just... no, no, hold on. Let's do this first. It's called Existential Comics, and this is called, this is the trolley problem. So I'll be the philosophy professor, and you'll be the philosophy student. 
Imagine you are on a runaway trolley. The lady in the comic is old, by the way, because, you know. You see in front of you five people tied to the tracks. You can't stop the trolley, but you can divert it onto another track with only one person. Well, uh... But you can also push a fat man onto the track, stopping the trolley completely. Wait, also, wait, wait, how... No, this it, is isn't part note. of the comment, but... Uh, I, I, like, I, it's part of the joke, but... Uh, yeah, either way, um... That, okay, that's part of the comic. Can you do that again? Yeah, either way. Let me finish. The one man owns the trolley company and has been exploiting his workers for years. The five men have been working for him under slave-like conditions. <laughs> oh, wait, this is tougher now. The fat man is planning on leading a socialist rebellion. It is certain to be bloody, but will result in more just society in the end. Also, the fat man is really only a complex machine designed to appear so it understands our language. Really, can only It's getting. Um, for those of you listening at home, um, if you ha- uh, haven't uh, looked this up uh, online, the the, the fat man uh, looks a lot like Karl Marx. Okay, let me read that again. Also, the fat man is really only a complex machine designed to appear as though it understands our language really can only manipulate syntax. It probably doesn't experience anything at all. The trolley company owner is a good man at heart, and it's only driving the workers so hard because an evil demon is deceiving him into believing it's the best thing to do. And the, and the uh, company I'm owner says, them good work ethic. And all five of the workers are wicked men at heart, and have only never committed a crime because they haven't had the opportunity to do so. I wish I had a kitten to kill. I would kill for money if I had the chance. Totally, me too. Due to the poor working conditions, all five of the oh, men this will is die going, within how, the month. I, and you can see it because um, it's on our screen, but this is a long comic. I'm looking at the scroll bar on the side. We're only halfway there. Due to the poor working conditions, all five of the men are sick and will die within the month if they don't get organ transplants. Only way to save them is to kill the trolley owner's son, an innocent who is playing on a third track. However, due to a genetic mutation, <laughs> the son has a capacity for happiness that far exceeds all five workers combined. Also, if you kill the work, his father will blame the workers and he will treat them worse. <laughs> but he will also channel his sorrow into art and become a master violinist, giving immense joy to those who listen to his music. Plus, on the trolley there is a bomb, when you, which you can detonate, killing the man, his son, the workers, and the revolutionary. However, it will also destroy the concept of the trolley, so that this will no longer will be counterbalanced when millions of students no longer have to suffer through answering these types of questions. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll uh, do that one. Okay, but what if you were in a vein of ignorance and didn't know ahead of time whether you'd be skinned or on the track? I'll uh, take my chances. Also, uh, another <laughs> note about that veil of ing- ignorance thing. So the veil of ignorance, a uh, variation of the trolley problem, is where uh, you don't know which position. Um, sorry, uh, list. You don't know which position uh, you'll be in the trolley. So you could be um, like one of the five men, the person pulling the lever. Uh, yeah, the person on the sidelines, or the per- one, the one guy on the alternate track tied down, and ask. Well, what decision do you make now that you don't know which one of those you'll be? And the answer for me is like, clearly you pull whatever gives you the best chances of survival, which is again, uh, pull the one lover. So, 
Okay, so okay, so Ethan has some uh very some memes, some trolley problem meme variations uh that he wants to take a look through, and I will try to answer them completely seriously, even though they are obviously absurdist examples. Okay. So so uh this first one is not a meme. I made this up uh just a minute ago. So it's the same trolley problem variation, um but the lever is a bit wonky. There's a 50-50 chance. Either it goes as normal, you, divide, you divert the track and just kill the one guy instead of the five, or it mal the other 50% chance, it malfunctions, multi-track drifts, and kills everyone. Uh, and for good, uh, yeah, yeah. Kill, so you're, it's either five or a chance between one and six. I have no logical reason to think this, but I would just take my chances because uh, Six because, isn't much worse than one, in my opinion. Yeah, that's no, fine. I know, but there's a fifty percent chance it won't. It won't happen. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. I think, I think if you had a larger number, like let's say one or ten, and then that uh, would be. I would like, probably let's would say probably. one or ten. Like uh, there's a fifty percent chance nine other guys walk into the other railroad, <laughs> <laughs> just because I don't know because they're like TikTokers. Versus just kill the 100% And they're doing the kill. torture psychology student challenge. Versus the 100% chance you just kill the one person. Alright, so the 100% chance, you can take the 100% chance, kill five people. Or you can divert the track, divert it to the other track where there will either be one person or ten. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely sticking with the five in that case. I don't know why, it just makes me... Like, I'm sure that neuroscientist from earlier could explain it, but I can't explain it. Okay, now how about this? this? Um, all ten of those people called um, uh, on their Twitter said um, that Dr. Fauci was America's daddy. I think we're diverting the track now. That's, I can't I, I can't let my hatred for neoliberals overwhelm me. No, no, that, that's not neoliberal. That's you being horrible on Twitter. I don't get some of you the, of the memes up because... okay nobody is in any danger you are a professor for moral philosophy you tie people to the rails to save your job i would just if i was a professor of moral philosophy just talk about politics and hope and write about politics write books about politics and apply philosophy to it because there's a lot yeah, of philosophy but, in it and but um that... uh, if you have the trolling problem i uh, think about how much money you could get to have the first televised pro trolley problem. I think the government would stop that from happening, okay. even under a really big Okay, well, what if you lie to government. them and say that it, um, it's not going to actually kill them? And then well, it does, but that's neither here nor there. Then, it then still, gets on, then it still gets on TV, though. Your I legacy get, lives on I forever. No, no, it won't, because they're going to take it off TV. There's going to be bootleg tapes. It's the world of the internet. Plenty, not as many people will see it as if it... But little child might be and he might grow up to be a moral philosopher just like you just like you or he could go grow up to be traumatized and then I d and then I, his potential oh will be people wasted. have been watching live leaks forever it's fine live okay. leak got taken down a few years ago yeah, i think it's still up no yeah there's there's other sites mm. okay trolley problem no one nobody is in any danger do you jump in front of the moving trolley i i do have a will to live right now so i would right say now, no but... Again, the future is looking I've pretty bleak. Amazon is looking very strong. I will say that. I've been in front of. I've I've been on. I've been like near trains before, and I've never felt the urge to jump. 
throw myself in front of them. I'm not Anna Karenin. I'm not going to. All right, let's. Uh, I, I, I didn't go through. This gonna pick a today. random one from this uh, thing here. Only one can survive, and uh, there's there's um, one person on one track, one person on the other. They both have a lever. Uh, can you be tried for murder since you had to kill the other person in order to live, and it would arguably be in self-defense? Uh, can you... Whoever pulls... The, the trolley will go to a random track, and whoever pulls first dooms the other one. So it's like a quick draw. I think that... I think that you could... I think they, they would count that as self-defense. Yeah, because, because here's the thing... The lawyers would, have, would ask each other, like... W w the prosecution would ask... The, the prosecution would ask... Would, would try to criticize the defense for this and be like, oh, it's murder. And the defense would be like, well, what other situations? Yeah, and also, is there? it's a first come, first serve. You have to act quickly. So mm -hmm. you can't, you don't have time There's to no think. time for care careful yeah. moral deliberation. In those uh, let's see here. Young Stalin is on the top track. Doing nothing will result in millions of deaths, but Young Stalin is really, really hot. Uh, like you can look up a picture of young Stalin on your computer now at home to see if he, uh, he's worth it. For what it's worth, I don't find young Stalin particularly attractive. He's I will agree with you on that. I don't think, I don't see, it's just that tankies think, it, it's a confirmation bias. And also, I think that, uh, for young Stalin, like, how young is he? Is he as young as in that particular photo? He's in the viral photo. Okay, because there's a possibility that if you just if you just let him go and then immediately after you walk away you shoot him and which has nothing to do with the trolley no 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 you, you're not allowed to do that uh, and exactly that's the that's that's why this problem is of limited usefulness because it's not it's not like real okay life. but realistically never... you're not the kind of person who has a gun on them and young Stalin would beat you in a fight that's true but if I was to just tell him to go like to a look he's in control of his own actions you have no way of knowing if okay. If, if this if being in this particular situation where we see a uh where he, where he's gone to this particular trolley in the first place which he may not even have gone right. to in real life would have changed now him. uh now this one is uh fun and it's a bit complicated it's the monty trolley problem you've heard of the monty the, the, yeah, monty, the monty python one. no the monty, monty hall one where there's Door. like three doors and yeah, yeah you have to so here there's switch. three tracks it's one has five people another one has five people and one has one person uh, so it's like the Monty Hole door problem where uh, you can you are, have to blindly choose a path for it to travel down. Uh, as it approaches one pathway, which you didn't choose, is revealed to you to have five people tied to it. So you know one of them has five people, it's not the one you picked. Is it in your best interest to switch the track you originally chose? And this is the last problem we're going to do for today. And uh, let me just think about it some. Because... It depends on what you think about the Monty Hole problem, in which I think that it doesn't matter. People have brought up math and whatnot. No, the math, that it the math says it matters. Like, I don't know how and they prove it. And this is why but... um, mathematicians are nerds. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out how that would even work. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll find that thing again. Yeah, yeah, thanks, because it's kind of hard for a listener. Yeah, it's like a, it's a 92... It's like a 92 image Imgur gallery that I'm looking at. Let me find it all on. It might take a while. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so. Yeah, so just listeners, just so you can visualize that. There's a, it's sort of like a fork. So there's three different pathways. One, one there's a door, one pathway, and each pathway has a door. Behind one door on the far left is 
one person tied. Okay, well, well, it's on the, that diagram, but we, uh, if this were to actually happen, all of the, the which one has five, which one has five, which one has one, would be randomized. There's, yeah, okay, there's two. So you don't know. There's two of the pathways that have five people, and one of the pathways is one people. So, yeah, so... You pick one. You, you pick one, and then as it approaches, one pathway which you did not choose is revealed to have five people on it. So would you switch to the unknown path that you didn't originally choose? So, a.k.a. the one... The, the other one. So you... The, the one other than the one you chose and the one which was revealed to you. No. I would... Yeah. I would just not I do would anything and beat up the whoever was giving me this problem. I would trust the mathematicians who say for me to switch, and I would switch because they know more than I do. Yeah. It's a very stupid reason, but I trust mathematicians. I trust experts on this one. I think I'm leaving it up to fate. And wait, hold on. Let me just. I think there's some some uh, easier ones. No, no, no. Okay, that's this... the last one. Okay. The last one. Okay. So yeah. So I hope we got you thinking at uh, at about not only the use utility of the trolley problem, but also just uh, help you. And and I and I do love this because just as a final closing thought, people in high school and middle school often like to say stuff like "Teacher, like when is this ever going to be useful in our lives?" Um. Never. <laughs> nothing you ever well, learn. Well, here, nothing realistic. you learn from moral philosophy professor is really useful, so you can square that one away, but realistically, maybe, maybe learn algebra. Realistically, never. However, if you end up inside of a train station and you're in this exact situation, well, you know what to do. Uh, thanks for watching, and next week we will be diving right into the top, the, okay, so I have an idea. So, Next week, we'll be diving into the history of the Earth, but as told through animals I find really cool for each period. So, like, giant bugs, weird mammals, uh, a giant pterosaur, which is the size of a giraffe, you name it. It is the history of the world, the history of the Earth, and prehistoric life told through the weirdest fucking organisms you can imagine. And uh, for those at home, I have no idea how that's going to turn out. So Bob, before you go, we uh actually got a new soundboard for uh with uh microphones and all that. So uh, it actually comes with um some sound effects, and we recorded some of our own. I don't remember what the third one is, but let's uh try it. Ah, no, that one didn't work. So we'll do the the harlot one. <laughs> this is for Anne Boleyn. King's great harlot, harlot. Hold it! Ah. Yeah, so, okay, th this is just a little... I think fun. that might have been <laughs> too loud, actually. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll think about it later. Okay, uh, thank you, everyone, and goodbye.